It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. <laughs> hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Hey, everybody. Welcome in. It is uh, the PJ Show for you on this Monday, the 29th day of uh, January, Polk. We're still in January? Unfortunately, we are. We're still in January. Okay. Uh, Philip the Ref Pilkington, yonder producing across the glass, as we tend to say in the business. I am the great P-Man. Uh, nice to have you here on this uh, Monday after the uh, NFC and AFC championship games and after a Pirate uh, overtime uh, victory. I didn't think the crowd was so bad yesterday. Now, I was watching it from uh, the uh, comfy confines of the working man's beach and uh, the beach house, but I, I did not uh, notice. I personally did not notice, Pilk, uh, that there was a bad crowd there, per se. Now, were you in the studio or were you... Uh, were you uh, for pirate basketball? I'm speaking of here, or were you in the uh, in the studio? Where I was. I was in the studio. Okay. Well, what would you know? Right. Yeah. Nothing. How would you? Know? I, I would know how good Coach Perry and Darren Vaughn sounded. On ah, the that's all I got for that's you. That's a great recovery. I uh, know, and you probably noticed you don't have a screen in there anymore. I've taken it. It's my TV, and I've taken it. Ah, I was wondering what happened to the TV. It's my TV. Okay, that's fair enough. That I bought when I came here five years ago, and I've taken it. Okay, I w- well, I was just worried that it had grown legs and walked away, and I kept asking. Oh, it, it did one time, and I had to. Yeah. Okay. Had to get into Busimi and another past employee about it's not yours, it's mine. Gotcha. At least I know what happened to it. I'm now. all for the team. So you may, if you you may want to get this one TV that's over here in the corner of this studio moved in there, so you can watch television. That used to be the case. We yeah. Used to have, we need to get it back that way because well, when you're producing, you need. Games. You're here all day. Yeah. I mean, I, I I question what you do. Did you put a moving camera in there? Are we not going to see you? Sorry. Here, wait. There we go. Sorry. I, wasn't, I mean, you you. Love, I wasn't making like long enough points. I didn't think I was going on a rant. You anything, love the so. camera like Peter loves the Lord. So I can't believe you <laughs> you haven't uh, put it on you yet. Yeah. There you go. You happy? Not really. No. Oh. Okay. Your look tends to change every day. I don't know what it is. Um. Quick reaction to the football, uh, Pilk. Uh, obviously, Kansas City's defense was outstanding. I don't see how Baltimore won a game all year. It's the first time I've really watched the Ravens all season, like really watched them. And I thought their offense was was putrid. I thought Lamar Jackson looked like a rookie. Uh, and I thought they also ravel, unraveled in the moment. I thought that they did a really poor job of you know, uh, handling the pressure. I mean, they, they got baited into taunting. Uh, I'm already sick of the uh, Casey Swifties. So I'm rooting for the 49ers by, I mean, almost default. And I'm no 49ers fan by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm just rooting for them. I feel badly for Detroit. Pilk, was that a case, you think, in the second half of what Detroit did wrong, and I know you could talk about the fourth downs, the decisions to go for it and all that, but which they've done all year. Or was that just San Francisco woke up and caught lightning in a bottle and, and got some breaks? Which one was it? it San Francisco is the best roster in the NFL, top to bottom. Right. And it was unfortunate that they started as slow as they did. 
to say they caught lightning, lightning in a bottle, I would say that that's true, but it's also that's just the team they are. They are just that good. Um, I thought they were going to win it at the beginning of the year, so I'm no surprise that they're here. It stinks for Detroit that it came to an end the way it did, but hey, you, this 49ers team, you lose that team, you have nothing to be ashamed of. No, not at all. Did I share this on Facebook? We're uh, we're up and running here. Let's see. Oh, yeah, I must have because it says it's got a share, and uh, I'm sure nobody else uh, did. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, thanks for being with us uh, here. Uh, we'll get more heavy into the Super Bowl next week. I mean, yeah, we got 13 days. So correct. I'm sure we'll have plenty of time to talk about. Yeah, there'll be lots to talk about. Pilk, I like the fact it's in Vegas. I think that ought to be a frequent participant in the rotation, Vegas. I agree. Because I haven't been to the stadium, but from what I understand, it's very nice. And there's plenty of hotel space where people can walk to the game. Yep. So people are already spending so much money, you don't want to have to worry about fighting for an Uber or a cab if you fly in, have to worry about renting a car. I mean, you're just right there. I think it's perfect. And then when they do it, you know, the football or the Super Bowl is now such a spectacle. It's a weekend-long spectacle. There's all these parties that go on before, and it's very easy to have them right there on the strip. And a lot of these places, it's a stadium inside of a parking lot, and downtown is 20 miles away, so it's perfect. Well, and, and you know, a lot of places have some kind of adjacent uh facility or convention center or something that you know they can hold the radio row and some of the some of those kind of events but you're correct in that it is uh vegas seems to be tailor-made and set up for this situation uh as far as you know just the entertainment and uh, everything you kind of need in that uh in that area all right uh pilk you will wrap up the show uh talking about the uh the championship games in the nfc and the afc correct you'll be okay wrap it up all right, so Philip the Ref Pilkey to wrapping up today's show. Uh, I'm headed over in a bit to tiebreakers for Inside Pirate Athletics. I assume I go will be back tonight. I've not heard anything to the contrary. Yeah, he and, does not have the flu. He seemed perfectly fine five hours ago. A little bit of a little bit of a little soft. Oh, I mean, that's okay. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's. Uh, we'll see. He's got two munchkins at home, and he's been sick. I don't think he's gotten a lot of sleep. He was yawning a little bit off offset. Well. Have you ever listened to his show? Hey, oh, oh, I'm kidding. That was good. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I, I will get, I will get an email or a text for that. You know that? I thought it was funny. We're all in good fun. We're all one big happy family here. (sighs) You're not really family if you don't bag on each other. So, uh, East Carolina winning yesterday in uh, basketball. Uh, we'll talk to Mike Swartz inside Pirate Athletics from Tiebreakers. Hope a big crowd will be out at 6 o'clock there. Tiebreakers and Bell's Fork will also have, uh, I'm told, a couple of players, R.J. Felton and Bobby Pettiford. So that'll be a lot of fun tonight and uh, enjoyable to talk to those guys. Right now, let's do a Pirate Report as we get ready for uh, that show tonight and uh, have uh, some post-audio involving some of those folks uh, for you as ECU gets the victory over the uh Temple Owls and gets the season sweep of the guys from Philly. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. All right, uh, Mike Swartz talking about how tough uh, the Pirates were and that they believed right until the very end. Revelation standpoint or, or, or oh, we're over the hump, I would never say that. Sure. But I do know this, that every time you're in these games, I told the guys it was 7.38 on the clock. I said, guys, look at the scoreboard, tie game. This is exactly where we're supposed to be right now. Conference play, every game is like this. 
the other night, 758 on the clock. Tie game versus Wichita. This is where it's supposed to be. Down, what was it, seven or eight with three-something to go? Yeah. I don't know what it, got it was. Up to eight. Got up to eight. Three-possession game. We said, hey, three-possession game. Three, we got This is what we got to do. We got to make adjustment. Here's what we got to do to our defense now. Here's what we, you know, Obviously, we got to go full-court defense, and we started trapping and doing things like that and making some adjustments offensively to go quicker. And you know what? It, 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 it paid off, but the guys did it. But it doesn't matter what you run, what you do, what adjustments you make, if the guys don't believe they can do it and play with that tenacity. And that's what I thought our guys did the whole night, but particularly, obviously, the last four minutes. All right, and uh, Coach Swartz on going with a different or going with different lineups in the game yesterday to try to find a spark. We just won a game shooting 31.7%. Yeah. That's hard to do. We won on the road shooting 30, low 30s percent, whatever it was. And so what happens is with those lineups, you're trying different guys to give a spark. And you know what? I, I'll say this. It's not necessarily the ball going through the basket, but I thought Caleb gave us a spark. He obviously he he scored. He gave us a spark when he went in there. Yeah, the floater over here was huge. Big, big shot yep. for us. Uh, ben Sal gave us a spark. He gave us a spark. It's not about the ball going through the basket, but it's a hustle play in the corner, corner. and it's going. And, you know, even he went to block a shot. Those things give you sparks. And when the ball's not going through the basket, sometimes as a coach, you're just looking for something to spark it. Like, look, we're not going to be very successful, and no coach is if you say the spark's going to be when we make a three. I would love it, and if I knew how we could do that, I would do it every time. (laughs) But you have to find a way to make a spark and create a fire a different way. I thought Logan went in there and gave us a a good minutes. All right, and uh, Coach talking about, uh, again, that uh, point of uh, the Pirates won yesterday despite shooting the ball at a very poor percentage. And I just thought this was a team win from guys that the ball's not going through the basket. It's the hardest thing to do to continue to fight and fight and rebound and fight when the ball's not going through the basket. But our guys did it. And, you know, you end up looking at things like 16 offensive rebounds. That's usually a telltale of do you keep fighting. And, you know, I, I thought, again, I just thought our guys did that and played through that. And I'll give you another stat that I know we have not been great at this season but you know your team is mentally resilient when you're not only not shooting the ball well, but you go 26 for 32 from the free throw line. Yeah. That's a big deal, to make free throws at that percentage, which we know we have not always done it. But to be able to shoot almost 86%, or no, that's not for the game, 82, uh, 81%, yep. 86% in the second half, uh, that's big for us. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we uh, saw a tremendous performance from R.J. Felton, 24 points, 11 rebounds, and uh, some great defensive efforts uh, as well, some block shots. R.J. was uh, just an absolute uh, stud yesterday. Didn't shoot the ball great, but nobody really did. But uh, he, he was bouncy. He was engaged and uh, I thought did a really fine job. So this is R.J. Felton, or rather, excuse me, Coach Swartz on R.J. Felton and the uh, superb night that he had. He hits the two on the line. Yep. Uh, obviously, those were huge, but you use two words that really can describe R.J. Felton, effort and unrelenting. That's what he was tonight. I mean, that rebound that he got to get fouled. Yeah. I mean, he went up in there. and he's That was the in, second he, I mean, consecutive just, one, right? He I had mean, two he, tip-in opportunities yes, there. and he's in there, but he does it not up the block that turns into a jump ball. <laughs> I, I mentioned mean, it. That's as big yeah, of a play as absolutely. there is, the block, and he, and he hits it so hard that it wedges him in the corner. All right, uh, more from uh, Coach Swartz, where he talks about the defense that led to offense late in the game. How did we score? Again, we scored off our defense. Right. Our Absolutely. defense, the, sco- the spark of offense was the defense. 
And then we finally found a little bit of a rhythm of something between what we were going to late game to get downhill. And, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't go every time, but but I thought Bob had a great drive. He got downhill. One, I mean, Bob played really well, but, you know, yes. very kind of unnoticed 31 minutes and five for 10. That's the kind of five rebounds. I mean, that's the kind of aggression that, that we need from him. I mean, I thought he did a good job on that. Um, you know, Mike, we turned it over eight times you know, yeah. in an overtime game. All right, and he says, uh, this Coach Swartz, the uh, locker room uh, was very mature after the game. When we won in uh, Wichita, there was definitely this excitement of a road win. And not that it wasn't that in there, mm-hmm. but I think our guys also knew, like, hey, they know the areas we have to be better. I thought it was a mature locker room just now because they understood conference win. They were excited about that. But they also understood that, Guys, sometimes it's not going to be this love affair win. It's not going to be this great feeling all the time. Sometimes you just have to find a way to out-tough down the stretch. And it's not about out-toughing your opponent. It's out-toughing yourself. Yeah, right. It's out. It's not allowing yourself to drop your head and look at the clock and say, man, I just turned it over. I just missed a shot. All right, and that's what uh, really happened last night, uh, that uh, the Pirates just uh, kind of out-tough Temple, and that's not always been the case. All right, let's hear from the players before we uh, grab a break on our Pirate Report. Uh, R.J. Felton, as we mentioned, had the big day, and he talked about uh, having to rely on defense when the shots aren't falling. So you got to rely on defense. Um, defense win championships, man. Uh, went 7 for 24, 3 for 12 for 3. Had a, had a um, terrible game shooting, but you already know you got to rely on defense. You got guys, Bobby stepped up in the second half. Jay Walker went on crucial and went down the stretch. Man, you got big, big time plays, man, big time plays. RJ Felton with 11 rebounds. He talked about uh, getting those boards. I got to make myself tall, so I got to think like I'm six seven or six eight. Try to grab, try, try to grab boards and um, and um, shoot. I had two blocks, so I made myself taller. Got to think, got to think taller. He plays like he's six seven or six eight, doesn't he, Pilk? With the way he can jump, I mean, it's it's pretty remarkable. He does. I wish it would have worked with me in high school with speed. Maybe if I just <laughs> thought I was faster, I could have ran a four five. All right, uh, more from RJ here. Uh, when asked about going, what was going through his mind with those free throws at the end of regulation to tie it up? Man, um, wheels down by two. Um, it was a crucial possession. Um, had to get a, get a rebound. Man, my my whole my whole leg was cramping up on me. I had, I had to think about that, and also think like, man. Can't, we can't lose this one at the crib. So I was like, man, let me knock these two down. Once we, once, once I knock these two down, I was like, I know we're going to get them in um, overtime. All right, and then Bobby Pettiford Jr. also speaking in the postgame talked about uh, how the press that the Pirates employed in the uh, late in the game helped. I feel like we were playing with, you know, six on five with, you know, obviously the crowd getting into it. Uh, I think even the guys that, you know, if RJ was super tired, you know, I think he got a little more energy off getting, you know, some clutch plays, you know, getting some, you know, good steals and things like that. So once you kind of, you know, we got some some steals and then we saw the ball go in on a few, you know, layups, it just kind of, you know, pumped us up and we were able to pull one up. And he uh, talked about what it was like or what it is like to go against RJ Felton every day in practice. Truthfully, it's annoying. He one of the guys that you want, like, you want on your team, but you don't want to, like, play against because, you know, even if he's tired, you know, act like he's not tired. He just goes all out with everything he does, you know, kind of just on and off the court. Yeah, he's great to play with, but in practice, you know, he pushes you to that next level. All right, last cut here, and this is uh, Bobby Fetterford talking about uh, the uh, late-game run and how that carried uh, the Pirates were able to carry that momentum into overtime. Revelation standpoint or, or, or 
Three, two. Being at home and you going to run like that, you feel like you got all the momentum. Coach is, you know, pumped out of his mind. RJ's talking to everybody, pumping everybody up, you know, just giving guys confidence. So I think everybody's, you know, just kind of self-esteem and everything just went up a little more and we're able to come out with the bill. All right, Pirates with the victory. They'll be back at home against South Florida Wednesday. More on that tomorrow. Uh, when we come back, uh, we will talk about the uh, latest uh, NIL collective initiative concerning Pirate Baseball, the uh, 23 Club, and uh, Mike Harrington will join us to talk about that next. We have you covered with all the ECU news and beyond that you need for the drive home. The Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Okay, welcome back uh, with us. Uh, the uh, ECU baseball team, we're less than three weeks away from first pitch. They had their uh, banquet this past uh, Saturday night, sellout there again, over uh, 600 folks in attendance. And uh, there were uh, also uh, people who were able to... Uh, consumed the banquet i think by a video feed this year like a pay-per-view video feed so that was pretty neat a lot of interest as there always is in ecu baseball uh pilk will have in his update won't you pilk the uh some of the preseason accolades that have come out and uh more rate uh, more rankings so yeah pilk says he'll have that for you coming up in just a little bit all right uh it was also announced at uh, the banquet on uh saturday night that uh, a brand new uh, affiliate program of the Team Boneyard NIL Collective has been uh, established, the 23 Club for Pirate Baseball. Mike Harrington is a part of that, and uh, Mike joins us uh, now. There he is. Uh, out on the road is Mike uh, Harrington. Uh, he's uh, with us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Hey, Mike, uh, thank you for taking a few minutes with us uh, here this afternoon to talk about this, and uh, really do appreciate it. Uh, yeah, pretty exciting. Uh, and uh, tell us, tell us what exactly this is. Yeah, thanks, Patrick. I appreciate you having me. Um, so if anyone was at the banquet, they heard us talk about the 23 Club a little bit, kind of the backstory. But um, I'll give it to you, you know, here with your listeners. Um, this really started as a late night uh, campfire discussion with a bunch of former players, myself included. Um, and that's where, of course, all good ideas happen, right, with a beer in hand. Um, so, <laughs> um, we uh, – you know, it was one of those things where we've heard bits and pieces about it. We kind of understood it. And we said, you know, this thing's starting to collect a little steam. And, you know, if ECU, which is a perennial program, went, you know, our blood, sweat, and tears are in this program. Um, you know, I, I've been around it since I was in high school. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's, it's something that's been in my life forever. And um, so, you know, if we want to stay competitive, you know, this is kind of a necessary evil, you know, I, I don't want to term it in those words, but it, it is. And, you know, I was like, you know, if anybody was going to do this, really, there's no better people to do it than former players who really kind of understand the, the culture, the program, really understand Cliff and what he's trying to do. Um, and that was the kernel of it. And uh, off we went from there. You know, it's interesting. I know there's been aspects of Team Boneyard where there's been NIL uh, either earmarked or, or, you know, NIL that goes to players. Well, this this will be just exclusively baseball. So th this would just concentrate on that. Correct. Yeah. So, you know, as we kind of got into this, um, you know, Hank and I grew up together and, you know, I knew Hank was, you know, part of um, – Team Boneyard. So I said, well, let me give Hank a call. I'm just curious. I want to want to learn more about what's going on. And, and that's really how it started. So, you know, instead of recreating the wheel 
and, and creating something completely separate, completely, you know, standalone. We said, why don't we, why don't we team up? Um, you guys already have the infrastructure in place. You know, we obviously have the drive, the passion and the connections to kind of to kind of run with this thing. Um, and that's how it worked. And it's, a, it's really a great relationship. I mean, you know what the guys have done at Team Boneyards, really, really impressive, um, you know, with really kind of learning on the fly as well. And, you know, we're able to kind of uh, we're able to use some of that momentum, use some of the knowledge that they've gained over the past couple of years and, and propel the baseball program. So that's really in a nutshell where we're trying to do. I mean, it's exciting. Um, it's a whole other job for me and my, my committee <laughs> members, um, you know, but that's okay. You know, we're, we're willing to put in the work and the effort uh, to make it successful. The uh, brand new uh, offshoot of Team Boneyard is uh, the 23 Club. It is a baseball uh, NIL collective for East Carolina baseball. Mike Harrington, pirate player, J.H. Rose alum, uh, joins us. So, uh, he is, uh, it's a passion project for him. Uh, like, I think this is for Hank and a lot, you know, the team Boneyard people. I mean, this right. it's one of those deals. Nobody's getting paid. There are no administrative fees. I'm sure there's something very similar like that going on with you all in that, uh, you know, there, there are no fees are being skimmed off the uh, top before any of the money goes out. If there are, they're not coming to me. I can say that. <laughs> um, so we, <laughs> it's, it's not only been a, a time investment, but it's been a monetary investment for us as well. And um, but you know that's we we were willing to do that. We understand it. Um, you know I think eventually, like all these nil collectives, they've got to get to a point where they are standalone. Um, you right. know, it's really hard right. to knock on people's doors every month or every year and say, okay, I need another check so we can keep this thing alive. You know, I mean that's just not sustainable. So, um, but that's you know that's just. That's down the line. I think number one is is getting it up and running, taking that first step, just like starting up a business, right? Go from the hardest part, zero to one. And I think we've done that. So, Mike, uh, you mentioned the board. Uh, can you go into who is on that board and, and how many, or, or is that not uh, for public consumption? Oh, no, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we wanted to create sort of a um, – well, it's more of an advisory committee with – you know, underneath the the umbrella of Team Boneyard, who who we just focus on um, the baseball specific twenty three club. But um, you know, we made a bunch of calls. So the initial advisory committee um, is myself, um, Jason Howard, Jeremy Schumacher, Chad Tracy, uh, Matt Bridges, and Cam Colmore. We were trying to get we we're trying to get a collection of guys from different years um, who have kind of their own network of. Of, of former players and, and friends so we can really kind of we, we want to hit as many of the the past alumni groups as we possibly can and there's there's others that we really want to bring into the mix but you know to start small i think that's kind of where we're at and we'll we'll see how it works you know if you guys decided to field a, a rec or church softball league team you'd have a heck of a lineup there so just you know there's something to keep in mind I, mean, I don't think anybody else would want to play us. You know, so. <laughs> uh, Mike Harrington is with us uh, here. Now, uh, we know teamboneyard.org. Will you all kind of have separate um, a separate clearinghouse? Or is the best way just to go to teamboneyard.org and it'll it'll eventually root you there? You know, so we'll have – so we have a, a temporary site up now. It's uh, 23club.org. Um, so that is the best way to reach us, to learn more about us, and to donate. So we already have online – donations set up at 23club.org 
Um, final site should be launched within a week or so, but it is working now. Um, it just takes us to a temporary host. Um, but all that's online, all that's ready to go. We're already getting donations. Um, I really want to give a big shout out to, to Mike Radford. Um, he gave $1,000 at the banquet before we even announced it. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, he, he was on it. Um, you know, tremendous, tremendous support. We're getting donations in, you know, left and right as we speak. I mean, it, it's really cool to see this. And we really had no doubt, right? I mean, you saw at the banquet the passion of the community for ECU baseball is just is, is incredible. And um, I think uh, this is something that's really going to benefit the program as a whole. Mike, I think what people may not know, um, and, and certainly I think diehards are aware of this, but, you know, just the average casual fan uh, for, for Pirate Baseball, if there's such a thing, but just the average fan may not know this. But, I mean, these aren't full scholarship uh, players for baseball. There's a certain amount of scholarships they're divided amongst the players. So, I mean, this is truly uh, a way to, uh, you know, help subsidize that, help subsidize their education, help subsidize, you know, having some spending money, that sort of thing. It is, you know, we get 11.7 scholarships in baseball for a roster of 40, right? Or 35 to 40. Right. So, um, you know, we're not trying to play in that sandbox of, you know, pay to play at ECU. That's not our goal. Um, we're not going out there recruiting people and dangling money in front of them. Our goal is to reward the players that are currently on the team or have been on the team and to reward that loyalty and hard work that they've shown ECU. Um, you know, I think Cliff's been, been very clear on that point. Um, so that's our charge. You know, we, we want to be able to facilitate that, uh, reward those guys, um, because we don't know where this is headed. I mean, the NL thing, it changes daily. Yeah. Um, you know, you hear these crazy stories about, you know, driving Range Rovers and this and that. I mean, I, I can promise you if a baseball player is driving a Range Rover at ECU, it's not because of us. So, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll see where it goes. But um, it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things that we feel like, you know, we have to we have to compete if we're going to be a top 25 program or top 10 program, which is really the goal. Uh, we have to compete at that level. Uh, Mike, uh, we'll, just, we'll get back to this on a couple points. Obviously, the season's right around the corner. I know uh, you and your fellow uh, alum and, and, like, all Pirate Baseball fans, you're, you're pretty excited, I have to imagine. Very excited, yeah. We're, 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 so I had my, my family at the banquet, my son, um, who's uh, 11, almost 12. He's really starting to get into it, so he's, he's you know, very aware. And, um, you know, we want to see this team compete. I think they all the, all the pieces are there. Um, you know, I think they put in the work, the effort. I know they have, uh, and we'll, we'll see how the season goes. Yeah. It's exciting. Less than three weeks away from, uh, starting with uh writer, the opening series. Uh, again, if you would, uh, Mike, uh, with, uh, the, uh, 23 club, just give us uh, a website and, uh, just again, sort of a synopsis. And if there's anything I haven't asked you, you want to mention, please go ahead and do so. Yeah, no, um, I, I, you know, you can always go to 23club.org. That's the best way to reach us to donate. Um, you can send checks in to Team Boneyard. So their address uh, is on the website as ours, our website. Um, I do want to give a special shout out to my, my former teammates, my brothers who uh, really helped cultivate this idea. Um, we were at Davey Penny uh, and Glenn Tucker uh, put together a lake trip for us to, um, to get us a little reunion and and that's where it happened. So those awesome. guys, Sam Naren, um, Kevin O'Sullivan, Will Brinson, Taylor Williams, Warren Gaspar, Nick Wiedemeyer. So there's 
a whole host of us and it was it was really cool so Mem- a lot of memories there a lot of uh memory lane when you uh, bring up that uh, a lot of those names uh hey mike uh best of luck with this and uh anytime we need to update it let us know we'll, we'll ha- be happy to have you back on Great. Thanks, Patrick. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Mike Harrington uh, with us, uh, the23club.org. All right. I'm going to head over to tiebreakers. Pilk, you got the rest of this thing? I've got it. All right. Very good. Philip the Ref Pilkington is going to have a 94-3 the game sports flash update for you right after this uh, timeout, and then he will uh, have uh, a complete wrap-up of uh, some of the football from uh, yesterday with some audio, and uh, he'll also have uh, some other uh, news and notes from the uh, world of uh, sports uh, that has uh, broken here this afternoon. So stand by for that. Uh, have a great rest of your evening. I'll see you over at uh, Tiebreakers tonight at 6 for Inside Pirate Athletics. Tomorrow morning, talk of the town back here for the PJ Show uh, at 5 o'clock. We'll talk to you then. Pilk, when we come back.